I think it's safe to say that in this time, we're valuing the beauty of community a lot more than we ever have before. Now, with keeping social distancing in mind and being sensitive to the current realities we're facing, we had to pivot and embrace this change. We wanted to invite our listeners in during a unique time in a very unique way. So we put out an all call, basically asking friends of friends and sisters and cousins, what are some words of advice between two to three minutes long that you could spare on very specific topics? The results? An overwhelming delivery of authenticity, brilliance, boldness, love, and of course, honesty. Even with the few episodes that Taylor and I do have, we always want to give you our best. And our best for you? It's that same honesty that you so bravely decided to share with us. So, from the bottom of our hearts, we want to say thank you. To everyone, every woman who submitted or wanted to, to your realness and to sharing your reality, and what ways you found to cope when life is sometimes less than pleasant. So, before we jump in, it's important to note a few things. Basically, keep an open mind, and that the thoughts, views, and opinions of these submissions are 100% their own. So, take in what works for you, and gracefully pass by what doesn't. Every voice counts here. Now, let's get started, shall we? My name is Stacey Brown, and I'm going to do question one and definitely kind of go into question two. Um, but I remember coming up with the affirmation that said, my pain has a purpose, but my purpose is bigger than my pain. And how through difficult times, journaling, writing poetry, writing affirmations, it's, it's really helped me. And I know that there are days where I just want to sit in bed and while in my sorrow and I realize that those are the days that I need it most. I have definitely been practicing honoring myself and my emotions, but when I feel them, I write them down. I'm not waiting until tomorrow. I'm not pushing it to the next day. I am making time for myself by writing how I feel immediately. And I think that with the faith part that over time I've realized that God can handle the emotions that you have during those difficult times so he can handle the anxiety the depression he can handle the constant why is this happening to me and he can handle the disappointment and I've also realized that through my faith God has strategically placed people in your life to help you through those difficult times And even if you can't see it right then in that moment, that God has a purpose for your pain. And it is a purpose that is so grand and bigger than anything you could ever imagine. And you don't like in that moment, you don't even understand the amount of lives that you will change and the amount of people that you will bless with your testimony. And even in that, I feel like it takes time during those difficult days to heal to write those things, to cry about it. 
And that healing process allows you to change your narrative so that you can then see how God's hands is there and present in those difficult times. Hi, The Journey Through Ladies. This is Andrea. Um, I just wanted to answer one of the questions that you all proposed to your audience about isolation and loneliness. Um, What are some things that I could recommend in regards to this? Um, I don't have much, but I do have a few things that have helped me when I have found myself in an isolated or lonely state. I tend to be someone who is more so of an introvert, a homebody, and Typically, sometimes I don't even mean for myself, I don't even intend for myself to be in an isolated state. But if I'm going through something, I, my first instinct isn't always to reach out to community or to talk to somebody or to, to pray or talk to God. It's usually I sit there for a while. And um, as I've gotten to know myself over the years, um, something that I realized, these are just a few steps that I've taken is you have to first recognize that you are in an isolated state. Um, Isolation can either be good or bad, but when it's bad, it can get really ugly because isolation is an opportunity for the devil to play with you and your mental state. Um, It's a, it's a time for him to mentally attack him. He, he, it, she, they to attack you mentally. And once your mentality is affected, um, it can turn physical, it can turn emotional, and so it can get very, very dangerous. And so I think it's very important to recognize that you are in an isolated space. And um, something that has helped me tremendously is forming a good group of community, uh, whether it be girlfriends, um, church the Bible study group, just one specific friend, a mom, a dad, a relative, a sibling, someone you find that it's easy for you to be transparent with. Um, and <laughs> I know transparency is a little bit tricky and difficult just because there's fear of judgment attached to it. Um and, you know, you don't want to be judged. And there are some things that are, that are on the heart that you just don't trust everybody with. And I totally understand that. But it's best that you find someone that you can be transparent with. And also, um, it's important to add the vulnerability piece to it, which is something that I recently learned through my Bible study group, which is a group of ladies who I consider to be um, one of my community groups, one of my groups where I can be transparent um, with. And so the vulnerability piece is necessary because... You can be transparent and say, okay, say if I get in a car accident, I can tell my friend, I got in a car accident, I got in a small fender bender and leave it at that. But the vulnerability piece allows you to go deeper so that friend can help you. So vulnerability would look like, hey, um, I got into a car accident. I have no money to get a new car. It's been totaled out. Um, my job has been on me for the past couple of days about getting to work late. This is making me feel like X, Y, and Z. I'm frustrated, this, that, and the third. And when you're transparent, healing comes from that. So I think that finding a good group of community is definitely important. And then lastly <laughs> is um, in the midst of you having that, that sense of transparency, transparency and talking things out with those who you trust, um, I do think that you should also, if not first, 
afterwards, you should bring that to God's feet. Um, God says in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all who are weary. And I think he meant every word. And he said that he would give us rest, whether that be mental rest, physical rest, financial rest. He is here to provide for us. So I also think that taking your burdens to God's feet is also very, very important. Um, so I want to touch on question three. Uh, when I start to distance myself from other people, I really have to kind of, it's nine times out of 10 when I distance myself from people, it's a call within from within myself. So I have to be very vigilant and I have to be very aware of what it is that I'm feeling. What have I been doing? Am I mentally exhausted? Do I need a break? Do I just need to pour back into my cup? Um, and nine times out of 10, that's what it is. It's just... Um, me being very self-aware of what it is that I'm going through and what I need in that moment. Um, when I start to feel maybe alone, um, uh, nine times out of 10, I, I, I'm not alone because I really have to check myself and differentiate between being alone and being lonely. Um, I have the privilege of having a really good support system. So um, reaching out to them and letting them know what it is that I'm feeling um, and then just like, you know, offering people to step into those spaces with me emotionally, I may not feel secure. So um, allowing my support system to do the work um, and be uh, there for me, because nine times out of 10, I feel like I can do a lot of things on my own. And I have to realize that I don't have to do these things on my own. I don't have to face a lot of these, um, a lot of the things that I'm going through. I don't have to face these things alone. That's why you have a support system and people who care for you. Ways that I like to combat loneliness and or isolation. Typically, I like to take this time to reset, refocus, and just realign myself with my goals, how I'm pursuing them, or if I'm not pursuing them, why not? You know, and just really trying to get things situated, get things written down. With me being such a visual learner, I do things like using my notes app on my phone. I have a planner that I color code sometimes. I have uh, notebooks, of course, notepads, you know, that I'm constantly writing on, checking things off, crossing things out so that I can, you know, okay, hey, make a mental note. You have that done. You don't have that done. Why don't you have that done? Let's get it done so that I can stay productive and also that I'm able to use my time wisely. The other question that I want to talk about is how you deal with toxic, I don't know if it's relationship or just toxic situations, period. A lot of times for me, I like to remove myself um, most of the time because when things are too toxic, sometimes people shut down. And the last thing I want to do is shut down, not be productive, not get anything done. So sometimes I feel like the best solution is to just remove yourself from the situation and take a step back and look at it from an outside perspective and see how you can help resolve the issue at hand. Um, sometimes I, well, of course, I do like to exercise because it is such a stress reliever for me. And it just helps my mental, it helps me be productive, and it helps me sometimes to just get away from everything and just focus on that exercise at that time. So yeah, those are just a few things that I like to do.
toxicity. Um, I feel like I've just learned how to handle toxicity within the past year. So around April, May of 2019, I was at a low point. I was in a toxic work environment. My anxiety was really bad. I had a lot of people around me that needed something from me. Um, I had a lot of people venting to me about their problems. And it got to a point where there was more energy being taken from me than being put into me. So my energy was very low, very tainted. And um, like two weeks before my 26th birthday um, last year, I had a really bad breakdown, which never happens um, unless something is really wrong. So I realized I held a lot of emotions in and it kept building until it completely burst out of me. Um, then that's that's when um, I knew I had to change how I was moving, how I was connecting with people or who I was connecting with, who I was letting in my energy. I never really learned how to, to create boundaries before this. So learning how to do that was the first step. Um, no one talks about having boundaries for family either. And that was a really hard part um, to deal with. But um, so creating boundaries, I also had to build up my confidence to speak for myself. I'm an empath. I'm very intuitive. And I, I observe rather than speak. Um, however, <laughs> that's not... Uh, me not speaking for myself got me in a lot of situations I had no business being in. So letting people know, hey, I can't talk right now. I can't do this activity or go out this weekend with you. Or even I just got off work. Give me 30 minutes to an hour by myself type of thing. I had to start doing. Um, I had to start saying no to a lot of things because I no longer had the energy to do everything everyone was asking of me. I was also... Um, I also knew I had to cut off a lot of people, cut off a lot of relationships because I was around too much negative energy as well. Um, I'm a very loving and forgiving person. So losing people takes a lot out of me at first. Um, I think I also have not a good, not a good relationship with attachment, but, um, I knew this is what I had to get. I, I knew this is what I had to do to get rid of toxicity and negative energy. Um, it's still a work in progress. I'm still learning how to see the red flags before they come into my bubble and I see them too late. I'm currently trying to spend more time with myself doing what I doing what I like as well instead of waiting on other people. Um, like taking myself on on dates, saving money for something I really want to do. But I will definitely say boundaries, saying no, speaking from speaking up for myself and ending negative relationships was how I started to learn how to manage toxicity. So one way that I spend time encouraging myself in difficult moments um, is really just finding um, an affirmation to speak back to myself, to overcome whatever it is that I'm going through. Most of the time it's just I'm feeling insecure about something or somebody does something to me and it makes me feel less than of myself so I have to just speak back to myself so um, my sister actually created an affirmation for us to say so anytime that happens I just have to repeat that back to myself and then I always remember to acknowledge how I feel but stand in what I know so like if I if my pockets are empty and I feel broke I just have to acknowledge that you know Yes, I may feel broke. I may not have. I may right now I can't see what I have, but I know that the Lord shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. So I just have to speak back against whatever it is I'm feeling because promises stand true over my feelings. They're just temporary. Ooh, okay. So last year, actually around this time, literally like 
two weeks ago when I made it a year. Um, I went through a very, 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 very hard breakup. Well, it wasn't hard. It just t- took a toll on me because it was like, I don't know. But anyway, so I was in a space where I felt lonely and alone. I felt worthless. Um, I didn't know who I was because I attached myself, my identity to my relationship. And once it was gone, I didn't have anything left. I didn't even know who I was. Then also just that just was a catalyst of just things happening to me. I lost my job. Um, I lost my financial aid for school. So it was just like, just so all this stuff happened to me and God just took me through a season of just all these trials and tribulations so that I could be to where I am today. But just during that time, I just really, really had to learn how to lean into faith um, and just really had to start activating my faith, start putting things into motion. So like, um, just I had to activate my faith. So I really didn't have a relationship with God. So I had to start um, coming across sermons and things to learn how to do that. And Pastor Michael Todd and Darius Daniel were two people that really helped me get to the place of just really learning who God was. And then doing, you know, my own type of thing, like journaling, praying and talking to him while I was in the car. Like every morning I drove to work, I just rode in silence and just talked. You know, so, um, and then journaling. So, like, at night, I have a stillness journal. So, whenever anything was just heavy on my heart, I put it in there. Anything I'm looking and searching from God, I just put it in there. Um, so, really, it's just, like, getting into a relationship with God. That's how it Okay, so, first, I just want to thank the Journey Through Podcast for asking people to do this. It's such a cool idea. Um, I'm sure anybody who listens to this podcast is brilliant and funny and insightful, so I'm sure you all are getting really nice voice notes. I can't wait to hear them and see what you all come up with, but I thought I would just add to the archive and share something that I've been thinking about in the past week. Um, It's really something that... uh, I found articulated on Instagram. I follow this artist there named Fern Cook, and they're based in Manchester, and they posted a piece of artwork that they made a few days ago, and the piece of work said, uh, you don't have to use this time to quote-unquote improve yourself, and it's so simple, or at least it sounds so simple and so unassuming and like, you know, just a very flat statement on the surface, but I think one of the reasons that I've been trying to hold on to those words in the past week is because I'm really seeing how people are sort of steamrolling over this moment and trying to convince themselves as much as they can that everything is going to be okay or everything will be normal soon. Um, People moving like there's not really a pandemic at the moment. And um, for me, I just think it's so important to remember that this is unprecedented. We've never experienced anything like this, and it really may alter life as we know it. And I think it's okay to not really think about, you know, the workouts that you can do or all the hobbies that you can pick up on. I think I'm also getting inundated on social media with like all these cool new time-consuming things you can do during quarantine and when I checked in with my therapist last week I had to say I don't really want to do any of that like I don't want to use the time to hone a hobby I don't really want to use the time to just like pick up on all this weird esoteric stuff that I wouldn't do normally I actually just like want to be sad for a little bit I want to be able to sulk for a little bit and not feel like I don't have the space to be human um 
And so, yeah, it's just been really important to me to think about all the little ways that um, lots of folks in this moment are sort of not in touch with reality. And I want to do that as much as I can. Um, I mean, obviously take breaks from social media and the news and all that because it's a constant feed of like terror and tragedy and darkness. But um, yeah, I just think it's so important for at least me in this moment to say like, I don't really know what's going on. I don't really know what I feel. I just know I don't want to get so caught up in like trying to distract myself from it that I don't really address the myriad of emotions I'm feeling. And so, yeah, that's just what I'm thinking right now that um, it's okay to not be okay right now. In what ways do I combat loneliness and isolation? It's interesting because while you have all these Things going on in the world right now, especially um, behind the coronavirus and people having to quarantine and isolate themselves. It's interesting just because I feel like I've definitely been battling um, loneliness and isolation way before these, you know, all this stuff started happening. Um, So I feel like initially I wasn't aware of what it aware of the feeling like I didn't know that I was feeling lonely and isolated and everything um I was kind of ignoring it um and then I don't know I think as time progressed and I try to be a self-aware person um so I think I just started realizing that I was kind of spiraling down and having a lot more depressive thoughts than I normally would um, so I was able to kind of acknowledge the loneliness um, that I was feeling, especially I'm in a new state and city and I don't really know anybody here. And, and my days usually just consist of like work and coming home. Um, so some of the ways I've been trying to combat that is um, just, you know, more positive self-talk because um, that's definitely something I struggled with and something that I felt like was beginning to get worse, if that makes sense, just because I was lonely. Um, and I've actually, I have tried to spend those lonely feelings into something positive. Um, so... I kind of committed to actually spending more time with myself and maybe diving deep, diving more into, like, why I'm feeling lonely um, and isolated. Um, But I kind of committed to myself that once a month I would kind of, like, take myself on what I like to call a self-love date and that's pretty much my time to you know love on myself do something nice for myself and not always like knowing how to survive really like without being surrounded by bunches of people um and I like one of the common things that have 
kind of been in my life within the last year is just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I've had to do that a lot and just kind of not always look at certain things as a bad thing. Like, yeah, I moved to a new city and a new state and I don't know anybody here, but maybe I'm here for a reason and try to explore those reasons. Hey everybody, it's Ebony Charday, and I am lending my voice for the Journey Through podcast. I am going to be responding to some of the questions that these lovely ladies pose to us, to this community. Um, how do I encourage myself in difficult moments? Right off the bat, I'm thinking music. Music is very therapeutic to me. I create playlists um, to match certain moods that I want to be in while I'm in a difficult moment. So if the if I want to be encouraged um, through my spirit, I have my Thank God playlist. If I want to be encouraged, you know, to like push through, hustle, go get it, I have a self-preservation playlist. And if I just need to be in my feelings and, you know, cry, I think crying is also a form of encouragement because it's like, okay, we're going to let this out and get through it. I have my Cry It Out playlist. Um, so music is definitely how I encourage myself along with just positive self-talk. Um, another question was talking about leaning into your faith and your hope and what moments led you there. So the moments that led me there are definitely just the difficult times. Um, each time I think I got tougher skin, it's kind of like, you know, those callous hands when you're doing so much work, that is how I armored up in faith because it's like, oh, I've been through so much that I didn't even think I would get out of. I've been through dark times that, you know, were my own fault, or I've been through dark times that were out of my control. Um, and I've always been pulled out. And And I really pride myself on being resilient as well. So my faith is in tandem with that. Um, another question was handling toxicity. I have three steps to that, um, that I've kind of carved out. I think it it's first important to define. So you have to define what toxic is to you in order to even address it and handle it. If you don't have a definition for it, then, you know, anything can fly. Um, and once you have defined it, that next step is creating the boundary so that these toxic things do not come into your space, into your psyche or anything, you know. So creating those boundaries, whether they need to be towards your family or your friends or your workplaces, um, set those boundaries and really know like, OK, this is a line that's being crossed. You know, even if it's down to the language that's being used around you um, or microaggressions, whatever the case may be, set that boundary. I um, mean, then finally, it's kind of twofold, but check it and ignore it. Now, some situations it's no point in you even opening your mouth. You just ignore it, walk away, turn the cheek. And others, I do think we need to learn to stand up for ourselves and stand up for others when someone is toxic. So we need to check it. Um, the final thing I would say around these questions um, is the celebrating yourself one. I think that's something that I'm still working on. Um, but ways that I have grown towards celebrating myself more is through reflection, whether it's looking back on 
old journal entries or whether it is going through the projects that I've done and just really being like, wow, we have grown so much. We, I'm talking about me, myself and I, but you know, we have grown so much, um, whether it's over a year, six months, three months, and even just celebrating myself and looking at my behaviors and my habits, um, and just taking pride in my growth. That's how I celebrate myself. Um, The last thing that I would want to leave to this audience is it's okay to acknowledge your fear, but please just do it anyway. I'm saying that to myself and all of us. Um, When we write things out, when we speak things, we are giving the universe, God, our subconscious power. So why not speak out and write out your dreams? And allow them to be shaped in the way that is necessary, but speak it out, lean into that faith and know that it's going to come to light, but also be able to adapt and be flexible to the fact that it's going to shape shift because, you know, once it's out there, it's not really in our control anymore. So embrace the fear, but also put it out there. Love y'all. Hey, Journey 3 Podcast, this is JB with the Becoming She Podcast, and I'm here to lend my voice to such an incredible movement that you guys are creating. I wanted to share a few words of encouragement um, and just my story and how I built my faith and what truly got me there. I am someone who is a control freak. I like to be in control of everything in my life. And it got to a point where it was more so hindering my growth and debilitating really and truly. Um, I really, really had to build my faith from within and um, learn and really grow my faith with God the way that I wanted to in the way that I, the way that he intended for that to be grown. One of the Bible verses that really gets me through a lot in my life, it's Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That has gotten me through the the good, the bad, the ugly, and the sad. And um, it's truly comforting to know that there is a bigger plan for me and God is going to lead the way and I just have to sit back and embrace it, um, do the work, you know, um, truly build that relationship with him, connect with him and um, things will align the way they're supposed to. And I truly feel like I'm reaping all of that. I'm reaping all the embrace and the engagement that I've had with the Lord so far. And I am super thankful and um, grateful for this time. And I think that just a little bit of words of encouragement, you know, don't lead on to your own understanding. Things happen and maybe sometimes we don't know why, but trust and believe there's always a bigger plan out there for you. Love you. Bye. So I'm, the question of how do you deal with toxicity is actually crazy because I've just came into a time in my life where I felt like I could separate myself from toxic people but because before I just felt like I was just surrounded by so much toxicity in my life and I didn't say anything about it and I didn't do anything but I finally have this moment where I uh, it was a weird moment of clarity where I was like enough is enough so I don't deal with toxicity um I started to put myself first, which is the number one thing that I do. I check on my mental health and I always ask, how do I feel about the situation? 
And, you know, and then I try to separate myself from people that I feel like try to bring me down or they don't care about me. And, you know, it's all about putting myself first. You know, it's a time to be selfish in my life that I said. And when I mean I'm selfish, I mean that I put me first. I put my mental health first. I put my happiness first. And that's the main thing to do in dealing with toxicity. You just have to, you know, not get upset over it. You can't get upset over the people. You just have to be happy and say, you know, I don't need this. I feel sorry for those who feel that they can treat other people like this, but I, I'm not dealing with it and I just move forward. And, you know, when I started to make these changes in my life, I'm going to answer another question, was when I kind of started losing friends because I was around toxic people who brought me down, who, you know, didn't really uplift me. And then I kind of was lonely because I really didn't have any friends. You know, like I was changing who I was. I'm still changing who I am. And when you do that, you lose people oftentimes. And I was also battling depression and I was really lonely and I felt really isolated. I lived alone. So in order to combat it, what I started to do was I started working out. Um, I joined a soccer league and, you know, I made friends through there. I started reading. I would start going out more and not like going out partying. I mean, like I would go try new things. Like that's my biggest thing now is I'll go to the park or I'll go to somewhere new or, you know, and it really helps when I when I'm feeling lonely. I try to, you know, I try to think of ways to combat it and think of positive thoughts and um, do something that I like to do, which is I like puzzles. So if I'm feeling down, I feel isolated. I try to do a puzzle. I try to do mental health checks and, you know, self-care to me really helps combat isolation feelings and also just putting myself out there. It was just a great thing for me to join the soccer league, to do, you know, to meet new people. I to join new clubs. I I started a book club and that just helps completely because I know that there's people surrounding me, you know, in those moments. And that's what really counts. Hello, this is Lauren Smith for The Journey Through. Some ways that I spend time encouraging myself is by finding different crafting ideas. A lot of times when I'm dealing with anxiety or depression, the thoughts become overwhelming. And when I actually take the time to create something, I am putting my energy into something that is beautiful and actually shows off my qualities and my talents. Also, I use what I call is the love jar to do affirmations. I'll write little love notes or beautiful quotes, poems on small little pieces of paper put them in a jar, and in those difficult times when I need to pick me up or I need some form of encouragement, I'm pulling out and reading out those affirmations to myself. Some ways that I lean into my faith are by walking by faith and not by sight, no pun intended. In December of 2019, I actually had partial vision loss out of nowhere. Um, losing part of my eyesight actually became a scary thing that I didn't know how I was going to deal with it day to day. However, I had to lean into my faith knowing that I was put here for a reason and at the end of the day, it would be my testimony. So I had to go through this journey knowing that God had me and that I had to pray. 
I had to pray on a daily basis and allow my village to love on me and pray for me. Um, When dealing with feelings of loneliness and isolation, I had to remember that my village was there for me. And even though in times like moving in my first apartment, I felt very alone because I was now doing all these different things by myself. I also had to change my perspective and realize that just because I was doing things by myself does not mean that I was alone in the world, even though that's kind of how I felt. I had to remember to reach out to my village and just check on my friends because, of course, they had their own lives and what they were dealing with. And We've moved away, but I had to realize that I had these different strong connections in my life. So it's okay to lean on them and kind of tap into your friendships a little bit more when you're feeling lonely. Ways that I celebrate myself. I had to learn to celebrate myself and embrace who I am and the goofy sides of me and ways that I celebrate that goofy side or that spontaneous side. I love to dance, and so my living room, my dining room, will be my dance floor. And it's just a moment for me to express who I am and celebrate this body that has moved me through life, through all of my hardships, and just a moment to be grateful. Ways that I handle toxicity have changed over the years. When I was younger, I wanted to fix everyone and I wanted everybody just to be okay and be happy. So I would kind of shrink myself and change just to make sure that everyone was okay. And I wasn't realizing how much of an impact it was having on me and my mental health. Now, when it comes to toxic energy or toxic people or environments, however you want to think of it, I really have to separate myself. I have to take a moment and become introspective and say, you know what, is this serving you? Is this where you're supposed to be? If not, how can you how can you change things? How can you move forward and get out of this? So I kind of ghost for a little bit, but I'm figuring out what do I need for me rather than everyone else. Some words of encouragement or an idea that I have leaned into recently is allow yourself time to rest as needed. A lot of times for me with work, I was overextending or becoming miserable because I was putting so much energy and effort into it and feeling like I was pouring from an empty cup. I had to take time to rest for me and restore myself in order to be the best version of myself. So take time to rest as needed. Do what you need to do for you, sis. We love you. We want to see you be your best.